And we're back. We are back. Are, are we? John Strenny, you still there? Yes, sir, I am. More importantly, David, tell you, you still there? I think also Carlos had to drop off as well. Uh, yeah, I think Dave bailed quickly. I didn't bail. Oh, he's still he here. Wow. I may have to bail soon, depending on the, the munchkins in the other room. But I hear you. We no. hear that. Mm-hmm. I just got word from my wife not too long ago that she's been coughing so hard she's barfing. Awesome. That's, uh, you know. That, that's called pneumonia. I had that. It was great. It's <laughs> <laughs> either that or whooping cough. Either way, yeah, it, it's yeah. not good. You can ask Halvar about whooping cough, but if you want pneumonia advice, that's me. I've uh, been there. I've had pneumonia three times. You know they have a vaccine. Did you know that? No. They don't offer it to you. Yeah, see? No one, no one knows that, but there is, and it's great. Dear God. Vaccines are cool. Gives you autism, but gets rid of pneumonia. <laughs> uh, I think I'm, pa- I think I'm past the autism stage. That's like the greatest tagline. <clears throat> gives you autism. Vaccines are, but- are awesome, but gives you autism. You know, you got to pick your poison. Take autism, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> autism or pneumonia? <coughs> I think at my age, you know, I don't have much to lose anymore. So, oh. what do we need to give sites like Gawker to prevent them from getting owned? <sighs> Is there a shot no, in the I don't act? think the biggest thing I got out of this story was after looking at the passwords that were dumped, it's like, yeah, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, no, this, the, the, the sort of the questions are, what the hell are we doing? Are we making any difference in anybody's lives? And, and I have a, no. sort of maybe a counter-argument to that. that you some can do everything great, but if your user shows up with a password of 12345, sometimes you wonder if they deserve to get Or uh, QWERTY or password. But, but someone got into Gawker and dumped the entire database. Yeah. You're saying they did that because of a stupid admin user password? <laughs> well, For so example? If, if you go and look at some of the, the, the release from Gnosis... They listed a whole bunch of usernames, passwords, and you know we're talking about high-profile people that are posting stuff to blogs for Gawker, and they've got a password like Cape Cod, in lowercase, mm-hmm. and you know four-letter passwords, four four-character passwords, all lowercase, all alpha. What are we doing wrong? as an industry and what are other people doing wrong to realize that these passwords shouldn't be working anymore um i i don't know exactly how they got in there's some rumors that they got in through this silver point or gold point or uh, another third party vendor that they were able to potentially also use for mcdonald's walgreens and uh deviant art they're ad person that they got in sort of through the back door through the ad person and then through the through into these places that's what i've heard is one of the rumors um it's it's good that they they've released this whole database with these hashed passwords great good no problem folks like ron bose are now taking these and in conjunction with other folks they're reversing the hashes and they're doing statistical password analysis and they're taking those password databases and making them available for word lists Awesome. Great. So we're learning something about this. But the whole fact that in these communities like Gawker, Gizmodo, uh, yeah, they're not learning. Li- we, like we, the hackers, are, are learning. We are. They're not. The they're, users aren't well, making better passwords. But, but here's, here's my take on that. All these people are uh, a social commentary type of site. They post a story, you get to comment on it. The only way you can comment on these stories at Lifehacker, Gizmodo, Gawker, yep. Fleshbot, you name it, is, like, is by creating yeah, Fleshbot. Fleshbot by creating an account 
you want to you want to make a comment. Never heard of that. You want to do it anonymously. You got to create an account, an anonymous account. And quite honestly, this is a throwaway account for you because it's anonymous and it's crap. So yeah, why would I set a good password on it? What am I going to make my password? I don't care. Right. Qwerty password one two three four five. So why are we doing statistical analysis on it if we know that it's just a bunch of throwaway passwords? But do we know they're throwaway passwords? Yeah, but I think when you go create a site so you can comment on a blog. There's 1.3 million <coughs> accounts. Mm-hmm. How you many know, of those are anonymous? Yeah. How many of those are just like, oh, I want to just talk trash, and yeah. I'll go through a proxy and create a bogus password and just do it. <laughs> Don't even go through a pox- proxy. Just go and create it so you can get an account to be able to yeah, post. like who cares? Yeah. I would argue that probably 30% of those usernames out of that 1.35 or 1.5 million, depending on who's counting, um, are completely bogus, and nobody cared about it, so they didn't care about the passwords to begin with. Mm. So maybe we really aren't doing all that great of bad of a job. So here's one of the other ones, the other kind of beefs that I've got, you know, the whole password reuse and those types I, of things. But I don't think this is a measure of how good a job we as a security community are doing. I think this mm-hmm. is a measure of how just good at security <coughs> the people who run the site are doing. Mm, yeah, and yeah. just obviously it's not very good. And society in general. And, and quite honestly, the people that were identified through um, various accounts, through their stuff, I would argue they're not doing a very good job either, and maybe they don't get it. Well, uh, so the people whose accounts were in the database? Yeah, yeah. So let me uh, let me pull this up. Um, let me pull the um, actual text from Gnosis. And they actually released all the usernames and passwords of, you know, fairly interesting um, people for some of the sites. Um, yeah, but how do you know that's actually those people? So what if what if it's a domain name that's changed hands since then? Uh, so Gawker.com. dot mm-hmm. um, The first person in the list email Jesse at Gawker dot com. His username is Jesse O, and the password was Jesse O one. Okay, well that's bad. The one is for security. Yes. So let's go. Let's because go t- if it gets compromised, I'll just make it Jesse O2. They'll never know. Right. So let's go down this list of passwords for the people identified at the Gawker.com domain name: Arthur, Almafa, Boeing, Bambola, Lauren, Okies, Duratini, Cheesies, Freddie, Tilden, New York, Sparko, Louise, Cape Cod, and Amads. Well, I mean, we've known for a long time that people choose bad yeah. passwords, Larry. Yeah, exactly. And this proves it. The people that are supposed to be in the know that have 1.3 million users of their website, mm. I would argue that are supposed to be in the know, have passwords like this. Mm. And in fact, that the people that run these websites, that do security for these websites, that are supposed to be in the know, let people pick passwords like this for yeah, their websites. Yeah, yeah, their password policy is obviously flawed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and the people that reuse those same passwords all over the place are also flawed, because now we're seeing you know you've got an email address, you've got a username that people use on other sites, with a password that got compromised from Gawker. Well, we've talked about this before. I mean, password reuse. The password is a bad thing. Yeah, there should not be a password. There should be a password in something else that you have to help authentication, mm-hmm. and I think that in this example likely helps. I'm not saying it's perfect, but in this situation helps big time. Yeah. Yep. So they're, but they're why do but why <coughs> don't sites input because they have 
1.3 million users that just want to go post a comment. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. They're not going to issue a smart token or no. smart card or a RSID token to all those people. Yeah, or that's um, the problem. Or, or what's the little the deal that we got that we're, we're YubiKey. testing? The YubiKey. Mm. Uh, quite honestly, in my opinion, the YubiKey that I'm working with uh, on my Mac. Are you liking it so far? You got the RFID one, right? Yeah. I was thinking w- after the holiday break. We'll yeah, we'll we'll do a full rundown yeah, full on that. Rundown. And quite honestly, I, I think they need a couple more months with the the YubiKey RFID on my Mac. Mm. Um, it's completely interesting. Mm. Let's put it that way. What about uh, something that there's an app for that? Yeah, create an I, app that will generate a, co- yeah, a code for yeah. you. Yeah, yeah well, you know, uh, Blizzard does that, right? Yep. Yep. Does it work? Sure. Sure, sure. So one of the other ones that uh, that I thought was really interesting about getting some of these, uh, uh, the stuff uh, compromised, and um, I, I want to make sure I pull up the, the article here because they specifically mentioned it because, of course, now I'm drawing a, a, a freaking uh, blank. But um, uh, one of the uh, places noted um, yeah. that <laughs> what were... If you think about it, um, there was oh the iPad, yeah, I the iPad um, disclosure information disclosure. What was that about? That was about basically around the the cell phone username password type uh, email password disclosure that uh, uh, Weave and those other oh, folks yeah, yeah, disclosed yeah, yeah. Um, that there was uh, they were had the ability to gather information about iPad users. There uh, some cellular information where they could potentially where they claim that you could clone their cell stuff and you could use it for running up services um the way that worked was they disclosed that to gizmodo and they did so unredacted so it went on gizmodo's and i'm using air quotes it went on gizmodo servers gizmodo servers got compromised as part of this whole gawker thing was that data still there? Because when they released to the public, Gizmodo redacted it. That was the only place it got released was Gizmodo. Gizmodo redacted it, allegedly, uh, in my understanding, allegedly redacted it and released it to the public. Mm. Gizmodo was in possession of the non-redacted information. Did that information get compromised too? Could have been. There are potential secondary compromises based on this. Mm. So... What about the motivation for all of this? Why are they doing it? Because spent they a lot can. of time reading about Gawker. E, no, back this week, uh, yeah, didn't you? and and it wasn't. And honestly, I could give. There wasn't much going on with the WikiLeaks thing. So. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, <laughs> you know, it's the Gawker leak, and and it's not so much about Gawker. I could give two. I, I could give a rat's ass about what. Isn't website Gawker it was. like the uh, trashy? Yeah. Security news, kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. I mean, trashy news, security news, whichever. Mm. And to me, it's not so much about you know Gawker, Lifehacker, Flashbot, whichever websites it is. It's you know what's the underlying story and what does it really mean? Flashbot being my favorite out of exactly. Thought you didn't have any idea what that was. But what I don't know what you're talking <coughs> about. The flesh How come bot? it came up in the history thing when I typed it? Like oh, it uh, completed. I auto filled in. I hit, I hit F and it just filled it in. I had an account already. <laughs> I can make yeah, comments. Like, yeah. The password was saved. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, so you know what's some of the what's the motivation for people going after plates like Gawker, and there's been speculation that it's going to be the next hacker war, and that it's been spammers just looking to harvest email addresses to spam, because there's what 13 million some ridiculous number deviant art email addresses that were released. 
I mean, who cares? It's an email address. I mean, so what's really the motivation? Are, are we looking at the next um, Hacker War pissing contest? Yes. Cool. What's, so who's <laughs> next? And, and that was some of the argument with some of the other related stories is that if you the, the, the argument was if this is the next Hacker War pissing contest, uh, if you have a website, you should be scared. Mm. FUD? I don't know. You tell me. I told I told you I was going to be full of you, rant today. You, you, you heard it full of rant. You heard it here first. Larry is declaring the next hacker war has begun. <sighs> Fuck. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't know, but Larry said it's happening. My prediction for 2011. No. Predictions are dead. Okay, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna mute him right now. <laughs> I'm done. Okay, next. Next. Uh so speaking of things to rant about. Did you know Microsoft is bad Santa? I knew you were going to do that one. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, here's the thing. For the past uh, year plus, I've uh, meticulously gone through every single Patch Tuesday release I'm sorry. from Microsoft. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, that's why they pay I you the big that, bucks. I did that for, but I did that, I mean, for an entire year. I mean, pretty much a solid year. I've gone through every single Microsoft Patch Tuesday released, and... I've been tasked with the goal of coming up with something interesting to say about them. Oh, so you've been the ISC handler on every Microsoft patch when no, no, Tuesday. No, no. ISC handler now, and I don't want to take anything away from Oh, no, 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 no. Maybe I, it, it's kind of funny because some of the ISC handlers actually read my article and retweeted it. But it, it, I was actually kind of making fun of them. <laughs> uh, not making fun of them, but saying, you know... Basically, various individuals and organizations continue to tell you how tell you how to prioritize and the application of patches, mm. and that's essentially what ISC is doing. I don't think it's bad what they're doing. No, no, no. Uh, I mean, providing a little extra information about the what they believe is the true prioritization, and Absolutely. they would take something that is kind of like important to Microsoft, and according to critical. Microsoft, and made it critical. That's fine. What I've always said is. You need to do that for your own organizations. And the ISC folks are doing a good job mm -hmm. in trying to help people get there. Right. Um, but you need to do that for your own organization. And, and, and by having the information from ISC can help you exactly. make that risk decision. But the past year, I've, been kinda, I've kind of come to a closure on everything. And I've said, you know, I've been doing this for over a year, and I'm done. I think I've said everything that needs to be said about Microsoft Patch Tuesday. Ooh. Installed I mean, I, the effing patch. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I don't care what it's rated. I mean, I've Install gone. In, it. I've gone into details as the language they've used. Uh, in fact, I had this whole thing mm -hmm. on the word "could" because it. Yeah. It, in all seventeen security bulletins, they use the word "could" in the title of the security bulletin, which I think is Microsoft socially engineering all of its customers mm -hmm. <clears throat> to downplay their vulnerabilities, which is what they do, even if they're critical. But all of that doesn't matter. I mean, everyone out there in the blogosphere can say, you should patch this first and that first. Microsoft can say, well, this really isn't a big deal. Organizations are still going to take their time, and they're going to patch it when they feel like it. Essentially, is what it points down to. Yeah, which may, in fact, be never. So I, I kind of sat back this month, and I said, you know what? I've said everything that there is to say. I've gone into the researchers that have been credited... Microsoft's language into all of them, uh, all, all these little facets of Microsoft Patch Tuesday, 
And I think I, I, I think I've done a pretty good job of covering all of the issues. So what I said is, all these people are going to come out every past Tuesday and they're going to post all the stuff about what you should do, what they think is important, and present this information that really means squat to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so basically, if you know, this is going to happen every month, and it's not just Microsoft that's going to do it; it's all their vendors as well. They're going to release patches. Yep. What do you really need to do? In order to protect yourselves, which is something that I don't think anyone else was really saying. And I kind of summed it up. I had four points, right? One is be bold. Basically, we and we've talked about this before, apply the friggin' patches. Mm. It, because what you think impacts... Low, low medium, high critical. Pa- apply well, the friggin' patch. Here's the thing. Patch. What you think impacts your... Um, what you think impacts your, your beer and your glass... Well, it is really it's not going to apply the patch to the end user desktop so what they get a reboot really does that cost you money does that impact your bottom line does that really impact business operations now i can see Mm -hmm. if you have a web application that only works with ie6 and i'm gonna tell you right now fucking upgrade if you you have my french yeah (coughs) if you have that you're screwed yeah i mean you're screwed Upgrade your web application. And don't take two years two years to do it. Just upgrade it. Shit or get off the pot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing is be thorough. Patches have a tendency to evade uh, the application. You know, systems need to be rebooted. Sometimes you'll patch the most recent version of an application that's on there, leaving a back rev version things like that Mm -hmm. uh the other thing was sometimes you can get newer patches installed without the older ones and the older ones are the problem exactly uh realize your perimeter does not exist uh firewalls and antivirus software may buy you time uh but essentially uh they don't fix the problem they're just kind of like this temporary measure and we've talked about this before uh and as long as you have people browsing the web in your organization you have no perimeter Mm -hmm. in my opinion um the last thing here, and this kind of talks about what I was talking about with Dave earlier, um, was pretend you're running Windows 2000 SP1. I mean, seriously, pretend that your mission-critical application is running on an older operating system that contains no patches, and you can't apply patches. What do you do then? What do you do? It's kind of like Dave saying, you know, zero days are an important part of mm-hmm. penetration test, and El Jefe is an important part of of monitoring and i think these are two of the kind of the the kind of leading edge of of security what we're talking about here is defend your systems as if someone's already in them if someone gets in your system and i mean let's face facts someone's going to get into your system what do you do then and then not just what do you do but how do you detect that particular behavior on your network when your system's not patched and it kind of goes back to the Mm -hmm. ccdc right yeah if you want oh, someone to be a good shit. defender, go tell them, here's an unpatched system. Uh, by the way, hackers started breaking into your system about 10 or 15 minutes ago. What are you going to do now? Yeah, yeah. If you can defend a system in that environment and in that situation, you're going to be successful mm-hmm. as a defender <coughs> against attackers out there. And that's the kind of mindset that we need. Mm-hmm. There needs to be other things. There needs to be built-in Windows stuff that we do, command lines, group policy, patching, hardening to help protect the system survive that particular situation. Because like I said, zero days out there exist. So, 
Uh, speaking of CCDC, I am uh, I am so excited about CCDC this year. Again, you know, we've been approached to design the badges, and we've mm. got this great preliminary uh, prototype for the badge design. And I am so terribly excited. And you talk about you know coming up with a defense for some of this type of stuff. And I'm going through, and I'm saying, like, we are essentially designing a badge that has no defenses. And as soon as I'm saying that, I go, oh, here's the defense. <laughs> or at least here is a potential for a defense. Hmm. Um, so yeah, this is going to be ver a very interesting CCDC, uh, assuming, of course, that I can get uh, the folks to email me back stating that, um, hey, by the way, I need 90 of these, when he only cut boards for about 30 and sold out pretty much instantly. So his initial first run, I want three times as many and uh, need them ASAP. <laughs> so we're going to see how this works. Nice. So we uh, may actually be spinning up our own boards and finding a fab shop. <coughs> Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ohio State University was breached. Uh, tough to tell whether or not, um, you know, your data has leaked from a system. And I used to mm. run into this a lot when I worked at a university. <coughs> Excuse me. We'd find that a system was comp was compromised, and then it seemed that sometimes it would be a really like important system. <laughs> yeah, and you'd go do the forensics, and you're like, it looked like they were just using the system to send spam, and they had no idea what they had. What they had. Now we see, we see this all the time. Yeah. Now this was a much smaller scale of what what I was working with before. Let me look at this article and see how many. Mm -hmm. Account seven hundred sixty thousand people's personal information, like social security numbers, it's right? A big school. Ohio that's State, a big right? Score. Yeah, Ohio State is a huge. And that's school. a big score. Yeah. So what I want to know is personally, and this is more of a question now, um, if someone has control of the system, if they know what they're doing, right, they can very carefully and covertly cover their tracks. Mm -hmm. <coughs> And gain access to that information and then kind of rebuild the file system behind them and get the information and go. Because what Ohio State says was we hired the leading forensic experts in the field. India? I don't know. It could be. Maybe. That's what I thought of. To yeah. be honest with you, that's what I thought of. I mean, it speaks to kind of, yeah, yeah. you know. It, it, Their type of work. People yeah. listen to the show. If we mention someone like that, chances are yeah. <laughs> that's who we'd recommend. If you asked us as a friend, hey, I had a big compromise. Who should I use for forensics? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, so, I mean, forensics experts weigh in here. I mean, can you really cover your tracks, access files, gain that information, maybe make it look like mm -hmm. it was just a hack that was used to send spam from the server when you know what we had, when in reality, in the background, you're copying these files off and covering your tracks? Mm, I would argue that someone who is worth their salt that knew what they were got that knew what they had right could and and could pretty effectively next week on forensics experts going bad yeah <laughs> now, now that being said i would also argue that yes someone that knows what in the heck they're doing and knew what they ended up with could but in most of the i would argue that most of the cases the folks that end up on those systems don't know what they've got one so don't do that and two wouldn't have the thought once they knew what they got to try to cover their tracks well enough. Mm. And I and I say well enough. And that's most of the time. Yeah. What if this is the exception? Uh, I, if this was the exception, 
they would have probably gone after some more valuable target than Ohio State. You think so? Seven hundred sixty thousand IDs. Yeah. Uh, they probably. I'm me. And, and if they I would have gone after Michigan. Oh. 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 Football rivalry. Yes. Yes. And uh, me, I'd go after somebody <laughs> like uh, Equifax, or. If I had the wherewithal to be able to do that, get in there, be able to have the knowledge to be able to make this stuff happen, I'd probably go after somebody like uh, Equifax, True Credit, um, IRS, the Fed, the Fed, the New York Stock Exchange, those types of places. Now, that being said, with the wherewithal, I'd probably be much better off, well served, if I'm somebody of that caliber to be able to do that. Just a thought. Call me crazy. Yeah, because I think if you're doing that, you're in it for some sort of big payout. Don't get me wrong. 760,000 people, personal information is a big payout. But what's that worth on the internet? John, do you remember what... John, you still there? John, you there? Yes, I am. Do you remember what the the sort of the the payout... (laughs) I've been teaching for seven days, what? Yeah, do you remember what the uh, the approximate figure for a person's personal identity payout is? I think it varies. Um, exactly who the person is, because I know Americans go for more than like Europeans, Asian identities, and this isn't like being well, maybe some people construe it as being racist, but different but identities definitely do go for different values. Yeah, it's not us oh, being racist; it's a- someone else. Asians are more, but that's just the massage. I was going to bring up Asian, you know, identities what? and values, and then I was afraid that the IRC channel would explode. Asian? What? Uh, yeah. So it's a lot of redactedness and an analysis of an internet-connected TV. (laughs) I I I couldn't even read the document. It was just all redactedness. This came from Wicked Clown. (coughs) Which is wicked awesome, um, (laughs) by the way. And I went through this document while we were... He's not from Rhode Island. No, he's not. Um, And uh, went through the, uh, the document and actually, you know, did the highlight, copy, and paste type of thing from all the redacting stuff. And every one of the redacted places that I found shows up as XXXXXXX. Behind the black bars. Oh, okay. Damn I was wondering. Yeah, 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 yeah I did yeah, the copy paste. Yeah, you did. Okay, I did. So it's triple uh, X redacted. Yeah. Triple X throwdown. All righty. But so uh, let's talk about the analysis of the internet connected TV. Was it good? Bad? I didn't get a chance to read it. I don't know. I was so distracted by the redactedness that I couldn't really read it. John, did you get a chance to read it? No, I just kept on trying to figure out what was under those black spots. <laughs> Me too. That was the same. I was stuck there too. It's like watching, you know, porn on cable when you don't oh, actually subscribe. But to I do the have channel. a couple of questions about it since I didn't have hardly any time and I didn't read the <coughs> FN article. Um, why did they redact it? Was it at the request of the vendor? Seems that way. Did it now? Did it get released surreptitiously? No, it's from this company's website. Yeah, it's on their website. Which McKenna? company? Oh, the, the, oh, it's from McKenna. Yeah, McKenna. The people that the people that vulnerability assessment of beep internet connected TVs. It's basically whenever you redact it that heavily, it's like this entire report is an absolute freaking waste of your time. Enjoy. Yeah, or because it's so redacted that it's really bad. Now, can you tell by the TV on the front cover, or is no? That's just a generic TV. Yeah, generic. Now, uh, I'm how many, how many internet ca- data analysis? I'm willing to bet oh. we might be able to pull it out. Oh, oh, oh shit! So apparently, their service lock master pass- password is transmitted in plain text. Oh, that's awesome. Mm. I see you're re- I see 
you're reading the contents as well. Yeah, now, now I'm actually reading the contents. And um, welcome to Public Con, where we don't actually read the articles that we talk about on the show. We just read them on the show. We just read them on the show. Hold on. Through, through these awkward Hold moments on. of silence. Hold on. Awkward moment of silence. Oh, wait, part two. wait, I'm reading. Uh, oh, 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 yes. Oh. So this article. <laughs> I'm actually going to. Oh. What? I don't oh, hold on. Let me bring up the show notes. <laughs> I don't have PDFTK <laughs> on my mis- my hold machine. What I the can heck? get my laptop. Wait. Sudo port install PDFTK. <laughs> I'm gonna do and we install analysis. programs to do the analysis. I'm gonna yeah. Oh my god. So moving on. Moving on to the next story. Open John, BS- how you how you doing? How how was um, teaching this week? It was a good week. That's <laughs> we need more than that. Come we on, John. <laughs> save us. Uh, We're floundering. Are you, re- are you guys relying on me to save this part of the show? Yep. Yes. Really? Really? You're screwed. Uh, yeah. So, John, tell us about uh, the hidden and undocumented account on those uh, HP Sand products. That's not my story, you jackass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was a nice on, try, though. Give me yeah. a second. Yeah, hold on. Now John's got to read an article. <laughs> You're reading an article. <laughs> Paul's drunk. <laughs> Nice. Okay, nice. so now it's this time. This is Bald.com Security Weekly. What do you expect? <laughs> hey, you know so now it's time for the intern the story. The PSA, and it had, it had uh, you know, uh, oh, Tara saying e- they touch their balls like this. <laughs> trying that's, to distract people. Click the link at the bottom, people. Click the link at the other things, other stories yeah. of interest. And the TSA. <laughs> all right, all right. It's a good so thing we had Dave Vitale on the show I, to actually bring one. some intelligence to this podcast. No yeah, well, not today. <laughs> all right, so let's get this one straight. If somebody comes out and says that the FBI put a backdoor in an operating system, uh, maybe yeah. we shouldn't be quite so quick to just say, hey, that's true. We might want to research it a bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Citation just might be needed there. Yeah, and especially when the, at least the particular post uh, claiming that, uh, I can't remember the individual's name that uh, was called out specifically in the post that said, yeah, this person got paid by the FBI to put backdoors in. Um, Wait, someone got paid by the FBI that works at HP to put... No, 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 it's a different story altogether. The open BSD backdoor in the IPsec protocol. Because this one, John, actually knew what he was talking about. Bingo. So the open BSD backdoor, John Paul? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Larry, we got to be careful. We're perpetuating the myth here. Uh, the alleged open BSD backdoor. Go. So someone... From the FBI, paid someone in the OpenBSD project to put allegedly, a backdoor. Allegedly, allegedly paid several people from the OpenBSD project to shut up and put a backdoor in. Um, it makes you wonder what other countries are running OpenBSD. Well, think about it. If you're looking at the OpenBSD stack for the alleged backdoor, it was also used by Windows. What? Yeah. Uh-huh. What yeah. was used by Windows? The uh, the IP the IPsec stack was also used by Windows. Uh, uh, see, this is, is Dave still on? No. no. Oh, see, this would have been a good question for him. Yeah. So this uh, and it's all alleged. And the person that got called out in this post that hey, this person was one of the people that got paid has come out and right out said, I have never been paid by the FBI to put anything in the OpenBSD anything. For backdoors, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. The CIA paid me. Yeah, yeah. But in any case, where if that's the case, where are all these people reviewing open source source code for any of this type of stuff for this well, backdoor? And, and the thing that I kept thinking is, if this was true, there's a couple of cases I worked with the FBI where somebody's going to get cock punched because if they had that, it could have saved us a lot of time. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. 
and and even to that, the alleged time frame when this happened, um, the OpenBSD uh, IPsec stack has been rewritten since then, and which ended up getting adopted by later versions of Windows and all this other stuff. So it's like completely moot at this point. Um, and at least in my opinion, in uh, I know of others, is that this particular post was an epic troll, and you all fell for it. Well, there's one I somebody posted since I've been out of it really for the past like seven six six to seven days, but. Um, I heard somewhere that whenever he was saying he was receiving this money, he was actually in prison. Huh? It may have been H.D. Moore. I'm not sure. H.D. Moore was in prison? H.D. Moore was in prison? Yeah, no, no, not H.D. Moore. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly like, in prison? get Paul some coffee and some aspirin. <laughs> um, That's tomorrow morning. No, somebody went through and looked at looked, looked at his criminal history, and at the time when he says he was getting paid off, he was actually in prison during that time. Oh, uh, gotcha. So the poster said that one person uh. was getting paid off by the FBI when, in fact, they were actually in prison. Yeah. Yeah. And, y- and you know what? If this guy was out on the street, he'd be like a panhandling hobo, and we'd just ignore him, and we should have done that. Yeah. Yeah, so again, epic troll, and we all fell for it, and you all fell for it. What did you, from the south now? Yeah. Y'all fell for it. Y'all. Suckers. Yar. Yar. All right, let's talk about Nessus checks for backdoors. Yeah. Because I actually read that article in the email. So if someone wants to give me access to one of these HP sands, we'll have a check for it. That's the problem. That's yeah. where it lies right now. Yeah, and, and, I'll be honest. And and, and and it wasn't a call out specifically. I'm like, no, I, no, wa- no, I want, I want, it's I want this, and and please, can we have it? In that, you know, there's the undocumented account on some of the HP Sand products, which was not intended for customer use, so they don't tell any of their customers about it. It's got the same username and password across every installed device. Once you discover it, it's also on every installed device, and it has higher level access than the account that HP gives you to manage it with. Hmm. Wait a minute. Willie Gomez uh, showed this to me a, a while ago, like in Baltimore. Huh? Who? Yeah, he actually had some servers and was showing it, and he said that this isn't the only type of product, of course. I mean, this, this kind of goes back to if, if you have an output from a tool, something like Nessus, and it basically says, hey, there's a web server here, um, you might want to actually look at it and actually, I don't know, open it with a browser to figure out exactly what the hell it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely. And, uh, you know, some of those other ones, too, is that, uh, and I will I, I will also go with you, John, on that, is that uh, if Nessus tells you that, hey, there's a Telnet server identified and there's an unencrypted Telnet server, you may also want to look at that, too. Yeah, that might be, <coughs> might be something you actually want to try and open mm-hmm. the Telnet command. Yeah, because sometimes you'll Telnet to the device and it will not ask you for a username and password and it gives you a shell. Yep. I had to cry, though. Um, within the past 14 days, I had someone that said, yeah, I got a Nessus vulnerability. and said Telnet's running. Do you know how to connect to Telnet? I'm like, uh-huh. what? <laughs> We're uh, failing, people. We're failing. On that note. That sounds like a school problem. <laughs> I think uh, I think we need to wrap the stories yeah. for this week. I think we're full of rant already. And take a short commercial break. <gasps> you said commercial. I did. <sighs> and take a short break. Because he's drunk. <laughs> All right. You know what? We're going to commercial. This, this break. Fail. My advice to you is to start drinking heavily. <coughs> Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, sir. 
We're gonna have a bigger sandwich. We're gonna eat, <laughs> eat our bear sandwiches. Bear sandwiches? Our bear sandwiches. Beer sandwiches. Beer sandwiches. Better than a shit sandwich. <laughs> wow. I am so wow. sorry. I am so sorry. You know, we'll, we'll actually be back here next week doing one more episode of Paul.com oh. before our break. Holy crap, Batman. Oh, are we, we can, doing next week? Yeah, we are doing next week, John. Yeah. Cool. What, I'll be good and drunk for that one. I'm yeah. sorry I was sober for this one, guys. Let's put it this way. I will have Christmas gifts for these two in-studio guests. I, I, we'll have Christmas gifts. I mean, it's on Wednesday, right? For everyone. Shit, it's on Wednesday? It's on Wednesday. Oh, it's on Wednesday. Good. I'm glad I looked at the show notes. Yeah. You probably I mean, got, you probably, I mean, I, I read Mike's emails. You probably got the, the invitation for that like three months ago, Larry? Probably, probably. When good. we scheduled okay, it. So, uh, all right. I might be on a customer site on Wednesday, but it'll be my last day. I think I'm leaving early. All right, no, it's all work out. It's local. It's local. It's driving distance. So we're good. So we're going to wrap up the show. Core discount code is Impact BSG. Yeah, Battlestar Impact. Battlestar Galactica for Mike Yaffe, who not only sits when he pees, he also says the same birthday that I do. After all these years of knowing Mr. Yaffe, I never knew that we shared the birthday. Good Aww. for you. Okay. That and Tommy Lee. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Larry, take us out. Over and out. That was a good show. I'm glad we finally got Dave.